We're back with another episode of the So Close Yet So Far podcast. Andrew King here with Zach McVeigh. And Zach, I think we might have just gotten the, the greatest weekend of playoff football ever. Yeah, I mean, if if you have have a Twitter, you've been hearing that left and right, but that's just because it's true. I mean, it, it was just an amazing four games. After last week was kind of a dud, um, and you you told me, on, I think it was on Sunday, you said the NFL doesn't disappoint us two, two weeks in a row, and man, it did not. Yeah, and it's we had four four playoff games this weekend. The first three end on game winning, time expiring field goals, um, and then the final one, the Chiefs and Bills somehow went even went even crazier. Oh. Um, Twenty five points scored in the final two minutes, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chief they 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 win the game forty two thirty six on a coin toss essentially. Yeah, and Mahomes threw for 188 yards after the two-minute warning. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo wishes he could throw for 188 yards in a game. Like, and Mahomes did it in, in, in two minutes in overtime. It, it, it was just unreal quarterback play. Let's start there. I mean, the, the quarterback play that we saw in that game was at, at the absolute highest level it could possibly be. Yeah, and – Going obviously, we're going to be talking about the Chiefs more going forward because they won the game. But you hitting that point is so correct, just because looking at Josh Allen's stats here in, in two games 77% completion, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, only 12 incompletions in two games, um, over 600 rushing yards, almost 150 or over 600 passing yards, um, almost 150 rushing yards, and nine for nine in the red zone touchdowns every drive in two games somehow lost it's it's kind of crazy to accept that fact and I'm sure he's been having a it's been a tough day for him but you know that's just how it goes the same thing happened to Patrick Mahomes in 2019 in overtime against Tom Brady so yeah well that's that's the whole thing with the coin flip right it's 50 50 chance they lost it last time they won this time they're kind of due for the uh, the coin to go their way well, ex- actually, too, one more note, because I know we're not going to talk about the coin toss anymore. Josh Allen was actually 9-0, and apparently, on the coin toss, and he was 0-2 to start the game and going into overtime. Wow. That, like, what, a, what a stat that is. Yeah, I don't know who who was whoever the ESPN person that was um, that fact-checked that. I hope they did because, yeah, that was, that was one of the many crazy stats that came out after that game. Yeah, and I mean, just – I, I want to start at the end just because, like, it's so good. But the, the best thing about this game was the entire time it was a good game. Like, the, the, uh, the Bucks-Rams game, like, that was a fun game for the last, like, 20 minutes. This game from the absolute very beginning when the Bills got two fourth-down conversions on their very first drive um, and ended up scoring a touchdown, you knew, you knew it was going to be a doozy. I mean, they, they started out hot, and the Chiefs just kept answering – and the, the teams were just evenly matched the whole way. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I had, I had mentioned last week that I thought the, the rushing from both quarterbacks would be, would be a, big, a big key. And I said, uh, whoever rushes for more yards will, will win. And Mahomes rushed for 69 and Josh Allen rushed for 68. And uh, Mahomes needed every bit of those, those 69 yards to win the game. And from early on, early on in the first drive, he, he ran a lot. And I always have felt watching Mahomes that when he runs the ball, whenever he's moving around in the pocket, that's when he's the most locked in. And you could see it from the very first drive tonight. Um, he scored the first touchdown on a rush, just going full out effort, um, had a long run. And so you, you can kind of tell that, all right, Mahomes is in this zone. He knows he's going to need every bit of himself, 
every bit of the, that Mahomes magic to pull this one out. Yeah, and I mean, the Chiefs run game as a whole, I think, had a better day than expected. I mean, it's not like they ran for 300 yards, but even Clyde Edwards-Elaire had a couple of a couple of really positive runs. Um, but I mean, 400, just under 450 total yards for Mahomes on the day. It's tough to lose when you do that, even though Josh Allen had 398 um, on the day. But yeah, just in complete performance. And I mean, another thing that's going to go so overshadowed Gabriel Davis, yep. first receiver ever with four touchdown pass or receptions in a playoff game, all for naught. Um, Stefan Diggs, he he had a pretty solid game, but it was it was the Gabriel Davis show. Um, and but yeah, to break that record, two hundred one receiving yards on the day for him. Had a touchdown route where he just literally looked like he broke the Chiefs' corners ACL, towards ACL. But um, the man, he was, the man he, got shot. Like it was, yeah, he, he went down <laughs> like he had gotten shot. It was great. He's gonna be. He's gonna he's gonna be an all time unsung hero of that game. Um, but hey, he'll be in the record books at least. The, um, I think he would have traded the win though. Yeah, the the luckiest guy of the whole night was that corner that that uh that got got broken on that touchdown. Because if he if they had lost that game, that was gonna be the play that was gonna be on every highlight reel for the rest of time. And now it'll be like, oh wow, you remember that game? Oh yeah, Gabriel Davis had a great game too. But man, they lost. Um. And so that corner got that corner got lucky that uh, Mahomes pulled it out for him. Yeah, um, and and for the Chiefs, it was I mean Kelsey and Tyree Kill both had their superstar moments. Eleven catches, 150 yards, um, and a touchdown for Hill, and then eight catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown for Travis Kelsey. Um, no man can make an NFL DB look so average in space like Tyree Kill can, and he had multiple runs. Um, after the catch that just he, he can make a great angle look terrible and and not many guys can do that in the NFL yeah and that that punt return that he had he juked out three guys with one move and it was it was one of those things where Tyreek Hill doesn't usually get put on a punt return so that just shows you how the Chiefs knew they had to give every little last bit to get this win and uh, they put Tyreek back there and every single like there was at least six or seven bills that had the angle on him and he does a couple of moves, gives a spin move, and somehow gets out of it. And then on that that touchdown run, I mean, every single time Tyreek catches the ball in stride over the middle, it's over. Like good luck. It is. It is absolutely over. And you, it's so fun to just watch his speed because, like you said, I mean, it, it looks like other insane athletes are just running in sand, and Tyreek is just zooming by. And you can you can tell when he hits that gear, and once he gets into that top gear, yeah, game over. Yeah, and um, one major injury though for Kansas City was Tyron Matthew left with a looked like a concussion early on. I think it was after the first drive, and he did, he didn't return. And so, I guess so. You got to give those Chiefs DBs some props because I mean they they were playing without their their top guy. Um, but that'll be an interesting injury to watch going into next week. Um, but it was an offensive show, and it, and like you said, it, it didn't stop. It was the entire game. Um, but one of the best stats and worst stats as a Cowboy fan, only four total flags the entire game. And as a Cowboys fan thinking, just last week, they had more just pre-snap false start offsides penalties than four. And so three for Buffalo, only one for Kansas City. That's how the great teams do it. Yeah, um, And we saw two of the best three if not four teams last night and it's 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 a shame only one could advance but 
we were we got the treat of a lifetime and i also told you last night is that no matter what we're in for a letdown next week but hey it's going to be impossible to to replicate the show um especially the cherry on top that was the bills chiefs yeah i mean that i think that's the highest level of quarterbacking i've ever seen just the way that they went back and forth all game and just made the plays and we're just giving their absolute full effort and executing. I mean, Mahomes threw a pass submarine under a guy. The, the ball never got four feet of, above the ground. And just to be able to not only like execute that play, but to see that that play is possible in his mind, whenever everybody else is going full speed as well, is just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the highest, highest level of quarterbacking from like two guys facing off that I feel like I've ever seen. Both of them were just money. And then can we also talk about the 65-yard bomb that uh, Josh Allen threw to Gabriel Davis that hit him right in stride? Like, that was that was a money throw. Just unbelievable. Yep. And, and that hey, that's what Josh Allen was was known for coming out of college. And, man, it's it's almost – it was crazy to see last year when he when he really took the, the first big step. Um, but even with this loss, yeah, no conference championship game again for the Bills. But for me, at least, I, I'm not ranking Josh Allen any worse than the third best quarterback in the NFL going to next going into next year because he's that's two years in a row now. He has been arguably the best player in the league. And it's a shame he can't get past Mahomes right now, but that doesn't take away from him being arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder I do wonder how he feels because they're legitimately I don't know if there was anything more that he could have done for his team. Like, it seemed like he played basically a perfect game. Um, and that was the most fun thing about uh, this game and this weekend was that that, uh, that Bucks-Rams game was fun because of all the mistakes. All the fumbles. It made it fun. It made it interesting because of the mistakes. This game was so fun because it was literally there were zero mistakes made. It was just great football. And um, Josh Allen did absolutely all he could. And – it had been said all week that whoever touched the ball last was going to win. And both of them tried to touch the ball last about four times and it ended up being the chiefs in the very end. Yeah. And I, but I think looking back, if there's, if there's one thing for Buffalo that I think, and who knows, it, it might not have even changed anything. Um, but it's when they came down and scored, take, they take a three point lead with 13 seconds left. Um, and instead of what I thought they were going to just squib it, maybe get two, three seconds off the clock. Maybe they just take a knee automatically and that's that. Um, but they just kick it out of the back of the end zone. It's like, man, if if one or two seconds are ever going to matter, it's in that situation. And so that looking back, easy to look back and say, could that have changed? Um, but like you said, there there wasn't a lot of, I mean, you could say, yeah, sure. There was a lot of plays where DBs could have done better. Um but there wasn't these glaring mistakes that changed the game. It was just we were seeing otherworldly football for for four quarters and then into overtime. Yeah, and go. Let's just talk about that thirteen second drive that Mahomes had. That that would be the biggest the biggest whoopsie, I guess you could say. Is why was Buffalo not? They were playing defense like they were trying to prevent a touchdown, not that they were trying to prevent them to get to the forty yard line. Is what it seemed like to me. And so they should have been playing defense to keep it within 15 yards in front of them instead of not let up a huge play. Um, I'm not really sure why the defense was doing that. And like you said, a squib kick could have changed it. Um, but I, I think they had put Tyreek Hill back there. And so if, if that's true, 
um, which I which I think it is. I I I agree. I I can see why they didn't want to kick it to Tyreek. Yeah, and and like we're both nitpicking on on the final few seconds of the game, and like I'm sure everyone else is. Um, but yeah, no, it's Chiefs moving on. Um, and any other last notes from this game, Zach? Yeah, well, did you see the uh, the video today that all came out? Um, how basically Kelsey and Mahomes were playing backyard football on that last play. And uh, did you see the video of him screaming, do it, do it to Kelsey? Yeah, during the snap or during the cadence, essentially, before the play. Yeah, so the story is that um, once they called the timeout, it was before their last play to get them in field goal range. Kelsey basically told Patrick Mahomes that what he had seen the play before, that he was just going to try and he's not going to run the play that was called. He's just going to find open grass and probably run a seam up the middle. And so whenever Mahomes was about to snap the ball, he said, Kelsey, do it. Kelsey, do it, do it. As in like telling him, all right, like play your backyard football game, go find the open grass, I'll throw it to you. And then he did. And like that's just the the communication and the the stuff that Mahomes and Kelsey has, and really just that magic that it is to watch Mahomes, um, just in a nutshell. So so much fun. Yeah, and, and it's because you look at all the greats and and of course they're they're the most talented, but just about every elite NFL quarterback has had a guy like that where there's that next level connection i mean that's what comes with working with some of the greatest quarterbacks ever day in and day out you you get that connection but um to see it in action and and talked about after the game and i mean that was like you said that was the big play on that 13 second drive to kick the field goal to get it into overtime and so their connection saved their season um but yeah so impressive honestly i went into the game wanting the chiefs to win but as as the madness went on, I was like, Josh Allen deserves. He deserves the deserves it. But, hey, I couldn't complain when that game ended. I mean, I, I, I can only complain that it was over. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, like, I I was naive enough to think that it was over, like, three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they just – that was the craziest thing is they kept topping each other. Like, every like if it had ended after the first touchdown and Mahomes doesn't go down and score to tie it at what – um because so it was 21-26, and then Gabriel Davis scores on, on a 27-yard pass on a fourth and 13 um, to put them up, and then Tyreek Hill goes and scores. It was it was just all crazy, and they kept topping each other, and I I just couldn't couldn't believe that they just that that had happened. Like 25 points in the last two minutes should be impossible, but they just kept doing did it. Yeah, and it was almost fitting that it happened right after the Rams-Bucks games where that was almost the Rams just trying to give it away for a, for a quarter at the end. Um, but yeah, no, something I think that's what made it a different level game and everyone could see it is because you don't see two teams going back and forth. It's always one team kind of giving it away to another one and do they hang on or does the other team finish it off? It's not punch for punch for punch and especially like like we said 25 points in the final two minutes you don't see that let alone in a playoff game where most of these other games were pretty low scoring games um but yeah you expected yeah. points in this one but like i've said they found a way to blow our expectations out of the water and uh, yeah and it's it's one of those things where in a big game like this between the two heavyweights you won't want them to go win it. You know, you don't want somebody to lose the game, whether that's yeah. on defense or offense. And by by these last few minutes, you knew whoever was going to get the W 
was going to have to go out there and take it. They what the other team wasn't going to just hand it to him or make a mistake to lose it. Whoever was going to win was going to go win it, and and that's what you want in in a high level awesome game like this. And now the the Kansas City Chiefs they'll be taking on Zach's boy. Oh. Joey Burrow oh. in the Cincinnati Bengals take down the one seed, nineteen to sixteen in Nashville. Wow! Burrow throws for three forty-eight, no touchdowns. They find a way to get it done, man. Yeah, throw those glasses on Joey this week and uh, <laughs> take on Patrick Mahomes. Because I mean, you got to think like, I mean, you know, Joe Burrow respects Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but also he's like, hey, what about me? Like, I'm the one that made it here. Quit talking about Josh Allen. Like, Joe Burrow has the most confidence in the world, as he should. He's in the AFC Championship after his team had sucked for so long. And he, he's, he's going to be rearing to go. I, I don't know, man. I couldn't believe that he figured out a way to win that game whenever he was getting sacked all over the place. And he was just not making any mistakes. He was, taking a, he was doing exactly what he had to do in order to give them a chance. Yeah, nine sacks for the Tennessee Titans and a loss. Um, it wasn't the defense fault. We'll say that. Yeah, they gave up a whole lot of passing yards. Um, and really, Burrow spread the love around. I mean, not a great day on the ground for them. Uh, Mixon led the way with 14 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but Jamar Chase, five catches, 109 yards. And then T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and then uh, tight end C.J. Uzoma all had six-plus catches. And so everybody was kind of getting involved for that offense, and it was pretty much the opposite for Tennessee. Um, 15 for 24 for Ryan Tannehill. And I wouldn't say Derrick Henry looked hurt out there, but it didn't go, it didn't go well at all for him. Only 62 yards on 20 carries, just over three yards a carry. That's, that's not what anyone was hoping for, for King Henry and his return. Yeah. You wanted to see a little more and there wasn't really that same burst. He had a couple of seven or eight yard runs. Um, Deontay Foreman probably looked even better than him. He had that one long run and, and kind of had the same burst. I was kind of surprised that they didn't give the uh, carries more of a 60-40. Um, Henry got 20 carries and Deontay Foreman only got four. After being really their workhorse while Henry was gone, I, I was kind of surprised that he, he didn't get more carries. Oh, for sure. And, and that's one thing where Deontay Foreman isn't Derrick Henry, but Deontay Foreman wasn't average for the last three four weeks when Henry's been out he's been he's stepped in and they haven't missed a beat offensively um and so yeah like you said it's not like the the carry should have been flipped and Henry only gets five but yeah if it was closer to 15 15 10 even um or 17 10 I don't know but yeah just a little more for Foreman yeah it's easy to look four carries 66 yards as what is Rabel doing but yeah he had that one 45 yard carry um in the second half. And so it's easy. And, and you want to, it's the playoffs. You rely on your guys who got you there and Derrick Henry, that that's the guy you lean on in the playoffs. But yeah, like I said, I don't think he was hurt, but completely agree with you. There just wasn't that burst, but you've got to give the Bengals defense credit for that. Um, they were going to let Ryan Tannehill beat him and he didn't one touchdown, three interceptions on in the day. Not a great day for him. I will give Mike Hilton that interception. Um, the Bengals safety on that that blitz and play off the edge where he pretty much just tips it to himself. Oh. Um, that was the play of the game to me. Um, but yeah, tough day for Tannehill and the the haters aren't going to get any quieter after that performance. Yeah, for sure. And uh, on the flip side, 
it, it was it was like if if Ryan Tannehill was getting as much pressure as Joe Burrow, like I I can't imagine they were scoring more than like three points. But Joe Burrow was getting hit all the time. He had pressure in his face all the time, and I can't believe he still only had nine incompletions. Like you said, he ended up twenty eight for thirty seven. Um, and he just it was like he was playing chess out there while everybody else was playing checkers. He was just taking what the defense got him, like somehow getting getting his team down the field and getting all these field goals. Um, he he was just it, it, it he was just so good, but he was really he was really good in a different way from Josh Allen and Mahomes. You know, he didn't have like the huge plays, he didn't have the fireworks, but he just got the job done. And from what we've seen from Joe Burrow, that's all we've ever seen. He's two and zero with LSU in the big games in the playoffs, and now he's two and zero with the Bengals. Um, we have it. We have yet to see Joe Burrow fold under any type of pressure, and it, it just doesn't really seem like that's in him. Yeah, um, and you got to obviously give a huge shout out to another youngster on that team, Evan McPherson, the kicker. Um, four for four, a thirty-eight yard field goal, a forty-five yard field goal, and then a fifty-four yard field goal and a fifty-two um, to end the game. And the Bengals moved the ball, but they they relied on him a lot. Obviously, he came through in a huge way. But looking looking towards next week, like you said. He's facing Patrick Mahomes, and so they're, they're, I, I don't think McPherson's going to be kicking four field goals or um, whether they win or lose because everyone on that Bengals team knows that you're not beating Kansas City with some field goals. Yeah, they're going to have to do do better than 19 points, that's for sure. Um, and it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if their offensive line can protect better because Tennessee has a good D-line, but it wasn't like their world beaters like the Rams or anything. Um, and so – We'll see. We'll see what the Chiefs do if they can give Burrow enough time to, to make those big plays and hopefully keep up with the Chiefs' offense because the Chiefs are going to score. Yeah, and I think the, the 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 funnest thing too is just to look back. What was it? The first week of the new year, um, we had Chiefs Bengals that Sunday, and the Bengals came back. It was in Cincinnati. It won't be in Cincinnati this time, um, but we we saw this just a few weeks ago, and so. Um, Joe Burrow put on a show, Mahomes put on a show, um, but like you like you just said, I can they can they protect Burrow more than they did against Tennessee? Because yeah, there's more pressure on Burrow to move the ball, but if they can't protect him, if, if Kansas City gets nine sacks, they're not winning that game. Um, yeah. And so there, there's a lot of pressure on that whole offense. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Gabriel Davis put on a show against that Kansas City. Uh, defense and i'm sure jamar chase and those guys are are licking their chops after i mean they they lit him up a couple weeks ago too and so but this this kansas city defense is much improved though um but tyron matthews health that that's a major x factor um going into next weekend yeah and one of the cool things about that last game that the Bengals beat the the chiefs in um there was a a little video mic'd up video of mahomes and burrow after the game and uh mahomes said we'll see you all in the playoffs and here we are in the AFC Championship, um, getting ready to see the rematch between between the Bengals and the Chiefs, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, can you imagine the craziness if the Bengals actually win? <laughs> like, can you? Like, that'd be unbelievable because everybody, like, Mahomes is is crowned after after that performance. And if cool Joey Burrow comes out here and just slices and dices this Chiefs defense and actually takes the Bengals to the playoffs, I mean, that would be ridiculous. I, that would be so fun. No, it, and with how Burroughs raised the bar of 
any expectation you could have had for him coming into the league. And, and, <laughs> and I, looking at it, I, I know how much you want to see Joe Burrow win, but even you still said actually win. Even you don't yeah. win, Zach, because it's just impossible to fathom this team that was, it was picking in the top five last year. Um, but yeah, yeah there's think, a reason they got Jamar Chase. Yes. <laughs> there's a reason they got Jamar Chase. They were bad. And, but I think you said it perfectly with the whole Mahomes. I mean, you, you said it last week. Is Mahomes and Allen the new Brady, the new Brady and uh, Manning? It's like, wait a minute. Is, is Joe Burrow really going to do this? Um, because I think if he is, if he does, then we don't, we're, we're not even thinking of Joe Burrow in the right realm if these guys can go to the Super Bowl and if they could even win the Super Bowl. We're not even we're we're just scratching the surface of understanding the kind of player Joe Burrow is if 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 they can go get two more wins this season. Um, I, yeah. Because he's continued to prove us wrong. Even at LSU, going back to that. Um but yeah, in just the perfect spoiler in in the the story that is the AFC because you know who the future of the AFC is. It's it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and no one's saying Burrow's not. But He's just so far ahead of schedule. I think that's the easiest way to say it. And that whole team is ahead of schedule. Um, but hey, if you can catch lightning in a bottle, take it as far as you can go. But I still, it, I'm still so excited for that. It's not up. lightning in a bottle for Joey Burrow. It's he, not. It's, it's, it's Joey that's Burrow. Who he is. He that is, is who the he lightning. Is. He is that dude. It's unbelievable. And again, like the the person that's gotten the least. Everybody's only been talking about. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's been mentioning a word about Joe Burrow. And you know he's got that locker room just fired up. Talking about how we're not getting any respect. We just beat these dudes four weeks ago. And all they talk about is how great they are and how great the team that they just beat is. We, we just beat them. Like, all the, the writing is on the wall for all the motivation. And motivation only goes so far. you got to execute. But, man, it, it, it is just the, – the stage is set for – just a, a crazy, a crazy game if, if the Bengals can come through. Yeah. And and I think the to sum it up with Burrow, it's it's he's he's got nerve nerves of steel, you know, sitting back there taking nine sacks. He's not seeing ghosts out there after that. He's not he's not trigger shy. You know, he's still calm, cool, and he's he throws for three hundred and fifty-eight yards or three forty-eight, um, even with that. And so, but man, he's gonna be stepping into Kansas City next week on the road. Super Bowl on the line, Chiefs trying to avenge their their loss to the, to the Bengals from earlier in the season. There's going to be so much pressure on Joe Burrow, but hey, he's taken every bit of pressure you could throw at him the last what three years of his football career, and he's 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 eating it up. He um, he, he drinks pressure with his Cheerios for breakfast. Man. Exactly, he, does, and, he he loves it. Oh, it's so fun. I mean. And you talk about him getting sacked nine times. That means he got hit like 20, you know? Yeah. Like it, he was getting hit left and right and just sat in there and kept delivering uh, the passes whenever he needed to. Yeah. And, and it's set up so perfect. It's the guy, it's the team, it's the team and the guy that no one thinks can be beaten. And the guy who just seems to beat everybody. So we'll see. Chiefs, Bengals. Who you got, Zach? Oh, man. We you gotta know, do it, Zach. You know how much I want to go with 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 Joey B, but uh, I, I I gotta. My heart, my heart says the Bengals. My my head says there's no way the Chiefs let this happen. Like the experience 
matters in the NFL. And the Chiefs have have more experience than any team left. Um, and then that and so much more experience than the Bengals. Like these guys, they 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 hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years, and now they're on the precipice of going to the Super Bowl against a team that's been in the AFC championship the last three years, now four years in a row. Experience matters. And and that's gonna that's gonna be why I think the Chiefs win. Is they they've just been here before and they have Patrick Mahomes, the the guy who can just pull magic out of his hat whenever they need it most. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Chiefs win. Um I think I think the Bengals keep it close in the beginning and then the Chiefs kind of run away with it at the end, is what I think. Okay. That's that's what I would expect, but I can't. I can't do it. 38-31 Bengals. Joey oh! the ball. Joey oh! D. You can't you can't bet against him now, Zach. You're gonna be looking back on yourself in a week. Unimagined. I, I, see, I see what I'm doing is I know that I know that Joe Burrow listens to our podcast. And I know he needs a little bit more motivation. And <laughs> and, and this reverse psychology I just pulled on him is is gonna get it, gonna get him to really be motivated. All the other stuff on motivation, the uh, the so close yet so far podcast is really what's motivating him right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna say it with his glasses on. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna. If he comes after me in the media with those glasses on, so be it. So be it. So be but, it. All right, let's get to the NFC. Um, and I think you know, I think that maybe one of the happiest, the most surprisingly happiest guys Monday morning might have just been Aaron Rodgers. With whoa, everyone forgot. Everyone forgot about him after Sunday's games. The Packers okay, yeah. weren't at the top of anyone's head. I mean, I'm sh- sure we can talk going forward with Aaron Rodgers, but after the 49ers upset the Packers 13 to 10 in Lambeau, one degree, the boys from Cali win in one degree. Man, I got to <laughs> respect it. Yeah. And it seemed like every time they took a hit, they were just like in so much more pain than the Packers. Like, oh, every time Elijah they got Mitchell, hit, they were in Eli- pain. Yes. Elijah Mitchell, don't know where he's from, but he played uh, college football at Louisiana. So I assume he's, he's he's from down south. Debo's from South Carolina. And those two guys, when they they both took a couple big hits, um, but just about every hit they took, they were on the ground for a second or two. And I could just tell, like, neither one of these guys have played in this weather or been hit in this weather, and they were feeling it every single time. But, hey, that whole team, I mean – they gutted it out and a win's a win. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell is from from Louisiana. So their their two main ball carriers <laughs> were not used to this. Um Jimmy G played in played in New England, so he had a little bit of uh, a little bit of practice in it. Um but I, they didn't win this game because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's not just say all. that. Let's just <laughs> um they I mean if you had told me that the 49ers win this game without offensive touchdown. I would say how many minutes did Jordan Love play and why was it more than 50? Like, yeah, that that would have been the only way um, I could have seen this. And the Packers came out and scored on that first drive and looked like they would just roll. And really the whole game. um, I didn't, I I didn't believe that the Niners would win until they made that field goal. It it seemed like the Packers were in complete control the whole time, but um, the the Niners are just so gutsy and, and they figured out a way to get it done. Um, we've talked about, we talked about it a little bit, but the Packers special teams just sucked. They, it, it's been horrible all year. They were last in the NFL 
and that's what cost them uh, part of the reason. That's what cost them uh, on 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 uh, Saturday night. Yeah, it was it was Troy and Buck on the call for this one, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember they said Matt Lafleur when he was meeting with us said, "I hope our special teams doesn't doesn't throw it away for us." Essentially, and man, did it, did it. Um, but I don't know. I'm I I hate to blame one play or one one certain thing or one or two plays on a whole game. Um, but I mean, there were the two. There was a ten point swing based on two special teams plays and. The first one was the blocked field goal to end the half for for San Francisco. It would have made it 10-0. Instead, it was just 7-0 at half. And then with three minutes, 50 seconds left, um, blocked punt, returned for a touchdown, and that ties the game at 10. And so those two plays, obviously huge. But this Green Bay offense scored three points in the entire second half. When they scored, it was a 14-play drive that went 54 yards and took up nine minutes, and it ended in a field goal. After their three other drives in the second half were three and outs. Mm. Green Bay didn't, no matter what you say to Jimmy G didn't play well, like this Green Bay offense had their worst game of the season. Yeah, it was one degree outside, but they had they they had one drive where they, they had a first down the entire second half, and Aaron Rodgers' MVP offense. And I mean, you can blame it on a blocked punt and a blocked field goal, but the Packers didn't do anything to win this game in the entire second half, really. Really? You tell me those stats, and all I can think is Joe Burrow would never. Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe Burrow would never. I mean, he's not going to let that happen next week. But, all right, enough about Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, but here also, though, um, just looking at the receiving numbers for um, Green Bay, you had Aaron Jones, who had nine catches for 129 yards, um, but he had a 75-yard reception, so that's more like after that, it's like eight for 50. Um, you got Devontae Adams, nine catches for 90 yards, and then the only other reception by someone else was one catch for six yards for Alan Lazard. Um, and Rodgers threw 29 passes, and three guys, he, he completed 20. Um, it was Adams and Jones, other than one pass to Lazard, and most of Jones were just checkdowns. Um, I get it's cold, I get all that, but it's just, man. You and, let you let that. I, I get the San Francisco defense is really good. I mean, we saw it firsthand last, the week before. Um, but man, this is uh, before this game. Rogers had played in twenty three playoff games, and in all twenty three, he'd scored twenty points or more. Um, he'd been so consistent in like getting his. It, usually, it's always somebody else's fault when Rogers loses, um, and sometimes that's true. And a lot of times, it was the defense's fault when Rogers loses. But this time, it, it's all on the offense. And um, if you look at that last play, one of the last plays when he threw it up, it was like fourth and ten. He threw it up to Devontae Adams, who was double covered um, on, a, on a post route. Alan Lazard was wide open across the middle um, for at least like 15 yards to get the first down. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying is he, he trusted Aaron Jones and he trusted Devontae Adams and he didn't really go anywhere else. And once that happens, I mean, the Niners know that. So once that happens – you're pretty one-dimensional with, with what you can do. Yeah, and let's look at the very end of the game. I mean, we, we just spent 15, 20 minutes talking about the last two and a half minutes of that, that Chiefs-Bills game. But like I said, you had, the, you had the blocked punt with just under five minutes left. Green Bay gets the ball back, three and out on three passes, like you just noted. San Francisco gets the ball back. They go on a nine-play, 45-yard drive. 
their two first down, their two big first downs were Jimmy Garoppolo pass completions, and they run the clock out and win it with a field goal. Like that is how the playoff game ended. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers went three and out, and Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> led a game-winning touchdown drive. That is how it happened. No matter how crazy, no matter all the other things that happened, that is how the game ended. Because all the block punt, whatever, Aaron Rodgers still had four minutes and 50 seconds to go win the game, to go get three points, to go do anything. Because I think if the Packers do anything, I think the game's probably over. I mean, if they did anything, the whole second half, the game would have been over. Um, and so, but that's just, like I, like you said, that's the facts. That's how the game went. Um, it was crazy. It was, it was, it was one of the most entertaining. I remember at halftime, I was like, that's the most entertaining 7-0 game or first half I've ever seen. Um, and you kind of knew it was going to be a slugfest that it wasn't going to be 40 to 25, 40 to 35 um, in that weather, but got to tip your hat to San Francisco. That's two weeks in a row, Zach. You smelling that giants run. I tried to tell you, man, you're, you're right. They're, they're so, that was such a gutsy win. And the other thing about Rogers going three and out and not moving the ball at all is it gave the 49ers great field position. They, all they needed to do was get the ball in field goal range and they were able to start at their 35. And so it didn't put too much pressure on Jimmy G being backed up or anything. He was able to have room to go work. And that's because Rogers didn't move the ball at all. And so it, that was just horrible. But going back to the blocked punt, if that doesn't happen, the, the Niners hadn't driven on the Packers just all game. Um, and so if that block punt doesn't happen, it was hard to be able to say that the Niners would be able to drive the length of the, of the field for the touchdown. But the special team just gave it away. And Jimmy G did just enough um Debo Samuel did did enough they're so gutsy you're right they this is has the makings for a storybook ending and just let's just imagine once more if we get the Niners and the Bengals Jimmy G versus Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl because that's a possibility it's it's a possibility right now it would be crazy um and I know we we talked about this it was the last Monday night or the Monday night playoff game when it was uh Peyton and Eli talking about one of the best moments Peyton ever had was you win a you win a playoff game across the country on the road in that flight back. The whole team, he's like, you don't sit down the whole the whole plane ride. That's back to back weeks now for San Francisco. But the other thing is, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Kind of knows he's gone. I think everyone kind of knows Jimmy G.'s gone. Like you can't tell me each and every, especially that offense. They are playing. They don't want Trey Lance out there. Like if those players wanted Trey Lance, Trey Lance would have would would have been playing right now. You know he would have been starting late in the season if if Debo Samuel and Trent Williams really wanted him out there. Um, but you just got to know those guys are playing for Jimmy because this this is it. This is it for Jimmy essentially. I mean, unless he goes and wins the Super Bowl, um, and so that there's just so many factors that not just the improbability of the fact that the 49ers beat the Cowboys and then beat the Packers and are now in the a- NFC Championship game, but um, just the way they've done it. Like, like we've said, just they're a gritty team. They're, they're the grittiest team left, and there's no doubt about that. Um, and I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be rooting for them real hard, that's for sure. Yeah, and one of the craziest Jimmy G stats, he's, he's 3-0 and in the playoffs when his team doesn't score a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's unthinkable. What kind of stat is that? Like, it's crazy. It's, it's so crazy. Um, and yeah, and, and he still had that horrible throw. He threw an interception in the red zone. Um, there's always going to be those 
throws from Jimmy G that you're you're cringing. You're you're so worried about. And he he luckily only had one pick, but um, he only threw 19 passes, and I I swear at least five of them I thought were picks. But they won the game, so you can't say too much about it. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> I it's funny because there's I mean, and you talk about the block punt. There was the one drive that Jimmy G did take San Francisco right down the field pretty early in the game, and he threw the terrible pick Jeez. inside the red zone. And I know a lot of us probably thought, well, that's that. Packers go down and score. I think it was right before half, and then yep. San Francisco blocks the punt to essentially undo it. Blocks but it's like it, it could have been 7-7 seven, seven right there. Um, and so, yeah, there. I mean, there were the big swings both ways. But – the same thing from against the Cowboys to against the Packers. The formula is pretty simple for the San Francisco 49ers, and that's get to the quarterback and stop the run with your front four, and you're going to have a good day. And just again, I don't, I don't have the sack numbers written down for Rodgers, but um, Joey Bosa got after him. He had a good day, um, had a huge shoestring stat, sack on uh, third down early on. Um, and the, the, with with the pass rushers they have, they're not having to bring five guys. They're not bringing six guys. And so they're able to drop back. Worked great against uh, the Cowboys. And obviously the weather played a part on on uh, Saturday. But they're not bringing five, six guys on Rodgers. And he was under a pre- pretty decent amount of pressure. He wasn't under Joe Burrow pressure. That's my last time talking about him. Um, but Aaron Rodgers was under a decent amount of pressure against against Joey Bosa and his, his super balloon helmet. They had him in out there. <laughs> That's true. So the Niners had five sacks. And, yeah, they did that with four guys. Um, and their their defense held Aaron Rodgers to, to 10 points. And, yeah, the conditions were ended up being snowy and tough. But in the beginning, it was just cold. It, it wasn't yeah. wet or anything. At the end, it started making people a little bit slower. But, I mean, the, the Packers had their chance. And after all this talk from Rodgers, it, it, it all ended unceremoniously. So let's just spend just real quick. What do you think Rogers does after this? I, I think he's gone, man. I, I think the cap is, is so screwed because that is what I was going to touch on. Um, because I think Devonte Adams is gone. I mean, yeah. I, I think, think gonna, deal. I, well, I think what's going to happen is because if Devonte Adams leaves in free agency, the best the Packers will get in return is a third round pick from, from like a compensatory pick for losing a, a like a top player or whatever it is. I think what they're probably going to do with Devontae is just sign him to a franchise tag and then trade him to whoever it is. Try to get it. You'll get better than the third round pick back for Devontae Adams. Uh-huh. And it's just going to be one of those where he's going to negotiate his extension with his new team. Um, but the, the Packers cap is just, it's, it's so bad. It's, it's really, um, here, let me find the, let's see. And because I don't think this is going to happen, but the worst, worst, worst case is if Aaron Rodgers is just like, see, ya, I, I'm retiring um, because they would have, they would still owe all that money or, or for at least for next year. Um, but there's a, there's a scenario that if Aaron Rodgers retires and Devonte Adams leaves um, green Bay would head into head into March pretty much with their entire cap maxed out. Um, and the only skill offensive players they would have on the roster are Jordan Love, rookie receiver Amari Rogers, and tight end Josiah du- Duguara. That's Jeez. those are the only guys, and they, they would be almost capped out. Um, and so things are pr- really tight. Um, 
Zadarius Smith is gone in free agency. He's leaving. You know, if Aaron Rodgers and Adams do stay, that defense is not going to be a top defense next year. And so I think it just doesn't make sense for anybody um, to try to make the type. This was it. This was the shot. Um, and I, I think it's over. Where he goes, I, I, don't, I don't think Rodgers goes to Vegas, man. I don't. He, so I have, no, I have no idea where he goes. So I also think he's gone. And uh, we can talk about where we think he'll go. But I think he's gone because I think Adams is gone. I think Adams is really the guy who like, was, keep, was keeping him there. But I also think – now we talked about it a little bit last – last week but i was in green bay a couple weeks ago i i was around lambeau field and those green bay residents they there's not a ton of love for aaron Rodgers. i talked to i talked to a good bit of green bay people and those people love Giannis. they love they love these guys that that work hard for them and love green bay or and love wisconsin um Giannis plays in milwaukee obviously but it was kind of like they talked like aaron Rodgers, like yeah he's good but he's trouble and it seemed like they're almost sick of him and sick of the drama that he brought this year. And since he hasn't produced results in what, 10 years, I think that like the people of green Bay and I think the Packers in general, it's it's time to move on. And I, I don't think it's going to be some heartbreak. Like maybe it would have been before this season. I think that everyone in green Bay and everyone with the Packers is like, all right, like, yeah, this was the shot and it's time to, it's time to go. And uh, it won't be, it won't be met with tears. It'll be met with all right time for the next, but I, I think he's gone. Yeah, and I mean, I I feel like I've talked to so many people about it in my life looking at, man, the Packers are so lucky. Like, they went from Rodgers to Favre overnight, and they've had they've had Hall of Fame quarterback play for decades, but one, one ring each out of them, yeah. one appearance each in the Super Bowl out of them. It's impossible to look back on all of it as a disappointment. And I mean, you don't think I, – I think that – if I had Aaron Rodgers on my team and we weren't even getting to the Super Bowl, like, oh man, Zach, yeah, I know how mad we would be. And so I guess, and all the drama that he brings and it's, yeah, well, and see, that's like the Green thing. Bay. Yeah. Like, well, and that's the thing where I think Tom Brady could have, can get away with a lot more based on one number. And that's those Super Bowl wins um, based on that fact alone. And I mean, you could say even in another sport, if you if you can get to the championship or win the championship just about every year, you can do whatever you want. And if you're a superstar, you can do almost whatever you want. So Aaron Rodgers can almost do whatever he wants. And that's more than a lot of other people and a lot of other players in the league. Um, but I mean, when it comes to your hometown fans, they, say what you want. But the only thing fans care about is wins, wins and titles. They don't care about anything else to a certain point. And I mean, I guess it's not too surprising. Um, to see it all go but I mean he took that team hostage this offseason mm-hmm. and I, I I'm not sure how any fan would would love that as it was all playing out um, and then to see it in with a a buy and a loss oh I mean it's those diehard so, Wisconsinites they're yeah they're, they're having a tough Monday yeah but see one thing I, where do you think uh Rogers goes do you, do you oh. have a prediction oh yeah so I, I was thinking about this and I know you've had your uh you're Sean Payton to Dallas plan for a while, but I can totally see Rogers just teaming up with Sean Payton and saying, let's, let's ride for a couple seasons. Just see what we can't do. Um, maybe Sean Payton hasn't committed to coming back to new Orleans um, yet, but you know, they'd love to have him back. And if Rogers says, all right, all right, Sean, let, let's team up. That would be a duo that, that could be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I think Peyton's a guy Rodgers can win with when he doesn't need he doesn't need to be surrounded by the greatest group. When you you put those two together, I think they're gonna put up, they they could put up just just with Kamara. You give me Sean Payton, Aaron Rodgers, Alvin Kamara. Oh man, um, but yeah, I've seen Rodgers to Vegas as one of the more popular ones, but I feel like everything we all know about Aaron Rodgers in the last year, I just don't think Vegas is the place. I think there's a reason he's fit so well in Green Bay, Wisconsin for so long. Um, and I'm I'm not sure he wants to be in. He thinks he's in the spotlight now. Go to Vegas. <laughs> um, that That's my thinking. But my pick for Vegas is Devontae Adams because uh, mm. college quarterback Derek Carr at Fresno State. Uh-huh. And you put Devontae Adams in that team. And whew, I think I think they they got some weapons over there. But hey, we'll see what happens because, like you said, you kind of got to assume at least at first until we hear something different. You got to think Adams is a pretty smart guy to just be like, "Hey, Aaron, where are you going?" Yeah, and I I would be absolutely shocked if if Aaron Rodgers is a Packer next year. Yeah, I, I think at this I, point, I think it's mutually beneficial for them to just part ways and move on at this point. Um, yeah. But maybe what about what do you think about Pittsburgh? I mean, Mike Tomlin's another guy that you'd think Rodgers would like to play for. They've already got the defense set up. They've got a bunch of weapons. If Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh, that would I mean, it, that's almost a Super Bowl ready team. But then he's jumping into the sea with uh, all those other AFC guys and the Oakland. Like if I'm Rodgers, I'm staying out of the AFC. I don't want to face Lamar Jackson for sure, and Joe Burrow and Mahomes and Josh Allen. Get me out of the AFC and stay in the NFC if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Well, imagine if you went to the Steelers and then you got Jackson, Rodgers, and Burrow all in the same division together. Yeah. That's poor Baker Mayfield if that <laughs> happens. But, no, I I definitely expect to see the – the Steelers are going to go get somebody at quarterback. There's no way they're going in with Mason Rudolph or some rookie. There's no way because that defense is too good. Um, because it's kind of it's the opposite of the Packers, like like we've said. It's just from they they've tried to make it work money wise for so long to su- put the best team around Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and it it didn't work. And now now the money's coming back at them, and it's it it doesn't make sense for either side. Um, where Pittsburgh is almost the opposite, where they've put arguably a top three defense together. They just need that right guy behind behind center. But, yeah. I mean, Juju is a free agent this offseason. So. But, I mean, if they get the right guy, him being willing to stay in Pittsburgh on a one-year deal, you'd think he stays if they bring in the right guy. Um, so, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we still have one more game to talk about. It's, it's crazy. We haven't even gotten to, the, to Tom Brady and that storyline quite yet. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a weekend. What a weekend. But, yeah, we had Rams over the Bucks. That looked like – our, our our loser of the weekend. And it really was the opposite of um, Bill's Chiefs just in the fact that this game was what? It was 27 to 3 with seven minutes left in the third quarter. And the game ended 30 to 27. Um, but pretty much after after that, after that 707 mark um, in the third quarter, it was Cam Akers fumble twice, um, Cooper Cup fumble, and it was it looked like the impossible was going to happen um, until a clutch Stafford to cup, the best connection in the league all season comes up clutch again and the Rams advance. Yeah. And I mean, it, 
Tom Brady's the luckiest football player to ever play this game. Like he's he's pretty good at football too, but he's so lucky. Like for for that uh just that that snap. He he the Bucks turn the ball over. And then on the very next play, a snap goes over Matthew Stafford's head and the Bucks basically gain 30 yards. Like how does that even happen? There was there were so many times where this game should have been over and somehow that the the ghost of Tom Brady's past basically was looming over this game. And you 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 felt like Oh man, like there's no way this is actually possible, is it? And then he just started creeping back and creeping back until it was it was tied. It was tied and then it had to have some craziness from the Rams to even win this game. It was uh it was wild, man. Yeah, um for the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter drive chart for the so going into the fourth quarter it was um 27-13 um LA, the Rams had just punted. First play of the fourth quarter, fumble, Tampa Bay. Second play of the fourth quarter, fumble, um, L.A. And then, but L.A. fumbled on that first drive, missed a field goal, um, went three and out on the following drive, fumbled on the next one, but then the clutch Matthew Stafford drive when pretty much every drive something bad's going. Brady's like, touchdown, touchdown. At the end, it's like, that's this was the game where as everything insane was unfolding, there's like, no way. No, and then they tie it up at 27. Um, but, hey, five plays, 63 yards, and 42 seconds. Um, and, and it ended in the most fitting way, I think, with, with Cooper Cup across, uh, down the middle. Um, but the, the Rams deserve that one. I mean, in the first half, Matthew Stafford, they came out throwing the ball. I think, what, their first their first drive, um, it was a, a nine-play, 72-yard drive, only ended in a field goal, but they threw the ball every single play. It, it's crazy because every old school football mind in the world, it's you got to establish the run. But this was literally an example of Sean McVay using the pass to establish the run. Um, get get the pass game going first, and then we'll get the play action, and then we'll hit them with the run game. And it worked. Um, if it wasn't for Cam Akers' fumbles down the stretch, this one wasn't close. Yeah, they they started running the ball in the second half, and that's when everything went to crap. I mean, it, it almost was like they – they didn't really shut it down too early, but they, they kind of took the ball out of Stafford's hands and uh, because of the turnovers, let them get back into it. But yeah, um, the first half, the the Bucks gave up, a, it was a third and 20 and they gave up a 75 yarder to Cooper Cup. And at that point I was like, the game's over. I think I said the game is over for the Rams favor like seven times and the Bucks ended up making it close. But uh, you just can't say enough about Cooper Cup. I mean, everybody... Everybody is doubling him. Everybody knows that he's the go-to guy, and he just continues to produce. Um, how do you let him basically drive them down the field on, the, on that last drive and then get just a crazy, a crazy long touchdown – or not touchdown, but catch instead of the field goal? And in the post-game interview, um, Stafford said that they run that play 100 times. The ball never goes to Cooper Cup. But on that time, he just knew that Cup was – you got to give it to your best player. And so he just threw it up to cup and cup went and got it and made a play. And it's kind of that same thing as what we were saying with Mahomes and Kelsey, just a little bit backyard football where my best guy is better than all your guys. And I'm going to give him a chance. Yeah. And, and no one's been able to stop that connection all year. And, and the bucks sure weren't able to either Stafford finished the day 28 for 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns uh, cup finishes with nine receptions, 183 yards, 
and a touchdown. Had a 70-yarder. Was that the, was that the long one? Yeah, the 70-yarder was his touchdown. I think the other one was like 60 yards. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't think wow, I didn't I didn't know that first one was On a third 70. and 20. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that now. But yeah, and so um not not a great day. Um not a not a great first half for Tom Brady, but I mean when you when you look at it when it's all said and done, um threw for 329 yards. Um only one touchdown, one interception, was only sacked three times. Um, but Aaron Donald, Von Miller, those guys, they were getting after Brady, and there was a lot of those throws where Brady just get, gets rid of it, and it pretty much hits the feet of his receiver because he's just having to get rid of that or he's taking a sack. Um, and that was pretty constant throughout the day. He finished 30 for 54, so um, I don't know how many of those were, how many times he was hit, but that star-studded front definitely – definitely won out against Brady. Yeah. And he was, he was a little rattled in the beginning. I think he started out 0 for four and definitely in the first half, he just never quite got into a groove. Um, it, it, he was a little bit off and his receivers weren't really making the plays. And it also comes back to the fact that earlier in the season, he had four guys that, that were great and could make plays. And in this game, he had Rob Gronkowski, who was a little banged up by the end of it, a little tired. And then Mike Evans. And that's about it. He didn't really, really trust anybody else kind of the same as same as Rogers he didn't he didn't really trust trust the rest of his guys to make plays and, and they they weren't making plays in the first half he really had to lean on Mike Evans and Gronk in the second half to, to make plays yeah 16 targets for Mike Evans um I think that's that's got to be the most throughout from the weekend um but yeah it was just and I, I think the biggest thing too both teams had pretty big offensive line injuries um Rams left tackle Andrew Wentworth was out um and then Bucks right tackle Tristan Wirfs was out and I can't remember either one of the backups names but the right tackle on the Bucks was struggling I mean they were putting Aaron Donald out there on him though and so <laughs> I'm not expecting anybody to have much success when 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 you're subbing in and Aaron Donald's on the edge against you um, but that that's where it kind of broke down and like you said at least early on there was some trash talk um, and 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 some unsportsmanlike flags that two I think both of them went against Tampa Bay early on. Yeah. But from the pressure to the rest to the flags, that that offense and Brady were definitely rattled early on. Um, and hey, you you said Brady's the luckiest player ever, and I, I think if Brady is just the the most anti choker this game has ever seen. He's he might not be the guy that deserves it all, but he's not going to lose it. He's not going to throw it away. And if, if, if the other team is going to give him all these chances, Hey, Tom's going to take advantage. Because yeah. Not- if, there's, if there's even a sliver of hope, Tom yes. the game. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just a winner. He's a flat out winner. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, it's kind of nice. I'm kind of, I'm at peace. Like, I think I'm excited, even though it's Jimmy G um, this, this Rams 49ers game is, is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh man, Jimmy G's gonna have his uh his mouthful with uh with Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Von Miller had a great game. It, Von Miller's really come on these past few days. And even OBJ. OBJ kind of carried the, the offense in the in the first half when they were really um bottling up cup a little bit more. Um OBJ had a had a great first drive. He ended up um he ended up having six catches for 70 yards, but um, at least I think it was at least like four for for 40 yards in the first half and really, really made some plays. But um, back to back to the Niners, I, I'm not sure how they're going to block this 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 four man front with with the Rams. Yeah, no, it will see because at least so far, 
the the win now mode moves the Rams made are going as great as they could have hoped. I mean, from Matt Stafford to Odell to to Von Miller to Eric Weddle to Eric Weddle, absolutely. But that stupid dead ball flag, uh, man! Oh my gosh, Eric Weddle doesn't know the rules because he hasn't played in the NFL in years. Absolutely, <laughs> cold true. calls Mike Evans in the chin, but Evans. Because his reflexes, because he just got destroyed in the face, smacks the ball down. But because he smacks the ball down, it's a dead ball. So since it was fourth down, it wasn't a – and I'm not a targeting person. But, I like, when I saw that hit, I was like, oh, my – like, what are you doing? Whoever, I was like, whoever that Rams player is, like, you were an idiot. And they say it was Eric Weddle. There's the whole review. Um, and that's the first time I've ever seen a play like that. Dude, um, that, but, that's so true, though. The last time Eric Weddle played, that was legal. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, just doesn't play since that became illegal. Like yeah. that's so true. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to him because I mean both of their starting safeties were out. Um, sure, the the Tampa Bay receiving core is, is depleted, like we've noted. But hey, they they got the job done. And and really, if I mean it's hard to say how many points the Bucks should have scored in this one. Maybe I mean definitely closer to like twenty. I mean I'm not gonna say like fourteen, but they didn't deserve to have twenty seven points on the board. Um, with how that offense played the whole game, but hey, that that's how that's football, and the the Bucks almost did it. They real, I was rooting for it at the end. I couldn't believe what was happening before my eyes. Um, I mean, with with how much the Rams have done in the win now. I mean, they've been in the win now mode for like four years. They have no picks. They have to get a Super Bowl. Like if they had lost that game, oh man, it would have it would have been fires all over the place. But luckily they survived. <laughs> And uh, they, they get to play the Niners in, in the uh, NFC Championship, which, again, this is crazy. So four weeks ago, we saw – well, four weeks ago, we saw the Bengals and Chiefs play a fantastic game. And the last week of the regular season, we saw the Rams and the Niners play a fantastic game. If we can just get a, 90% of what both those two games were, then we will not be disappointed this weekend. Both these, both these two teams just had played amazing games just months, a month ago. Yeah, and I met. I mean, hey, there's the nerves. There's there's the the NFL letdown coming off the greatest weekend ever. But I'm expecting I'm expected two really good games. Um, two unexpected games, to be completely honest. Um, thank you to the 49ers and the Bengals for making that happen. But that's the greatest thing about the NFL that the NBA, MLB, every sport, no sport is like this. No sport is single elimination. Um, and maybe the best team doesn't win it all, but it is the most earned championship out of any sport for that very reason. Um, because like we've said throughout this, this podcast, the, both Jimmy G and Joe Burrow, they're one win away from the Super Bowl. So anything's possible at this point. Hey, but one of those is not like the other. Let's be clear. The, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Joey B is not like Jimmy G. Hey. But that leads perfectly into my nugget to end the show here. Joe Burrow, the youngest quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300-plus yards and completing 75% of his passes in a playoff game. Joe Burrow. Wow. Greatest ever in that category. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get to there, what? give me your, give me your prediction for – Oh, uh, we didn't even give our picks. Yeah. Okay, I had to get it in there, though. Um. 23-17 Rams. I think I think it comes to an end. And I, I can't is that I can't pick 
the 49ers and the Bengals going into next week. I just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. It's it's tough because the Niners, like, I'm not, I'm not really giving the Niners enough respect, but they really did just beat the Rams just a little bit ago. Um, and so I, maybe I should give more respect, but I really think the Rams Rams take care of business here. Uh, like you do. And I, I think that 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 four four man front with with Von Miller and uh, Aaron Donald and um, that other D lineman that's been play, playing really well. I can't remember his name right now, but um, I think they get after Jimmy G and, and Jimmy's going to be thrown up. And I'm going to say that Eric Bell gets an interception this game. Eric <laughs> up Jimmy G and uh, the Rams, the Rams will get it done. Um, I think it'll be 31 to 21. Go Rams. Um, but one thing to note, too, is that the Rams haven't beaten the 49ers since 2018 when they went to the Super Bowl. They've lost six straight. Um, they've lost both games the last three seasons to San Francisco. So there's a lot on the I mean, I mean, there's a, there's more than enough uh, whiteboard material for the Rams, I think. Yeah. Wow. For for whoever's still there that was there in 2018 or whatever that. Yeah. When it was the 2019 Super Bowl. Rams, Patriots, the most boring Super Bowl. Yeah, that was <laughs> right. the last time. Jared Goff. Well, I mean, Jared Goff was the Rams quarterback last year, so it's not not saying too much. But, hey, Jared Goff was the last quarterback for the Rams to beat the 49ers. That's yeah. my additional fact. There you it's go. pretty obvious, but, hey. All right, well, you got I, a nugget for me, Zach? So I've used up a lot of my nuggets, but one that I have here is with uh, a minute 16 left. In the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs game, ESPN had the win probability for the Bills at 91%. Let's fast forward to 49 seconds left in the game. The Chiefs have a 93% chance to win. Oh, let's fast forward to 13 seconds left in the game. The Bills now have a 94% chance of winning. Like just the, the swings in that game with the win probability is unbelievable. Um, it was it went it went 91%, 93%, 91% for the Bills and then the Chiefs got the ball and they went down and scored and uh, obviously then they they won the game but just those swings um kind of shows how crazy that was yeah and i think i think fitting too because i i just thought of this where most games like that where it's so back and forth and crazy is because it's ugly it's an ugly game it's turnovers it's this or that where this was truly i've I've never seen a game like it, and I really on it. I don't expect to ever see a game like it <laughs> ever again. Like I think this is what it's like when those people say, "Like you don't understand." Like you, you back in my day, yeah. back in my day, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes were balling. A long time, um, yeah. kind of sad. I'm still sad, man. Josh Allen deserves. Oh. They need a three-team champion. I don't know. It's not possible, but hey. They're going to have a lot of motivation coming back. Now, I don't know. Did Stefan Diggs watch the celebration again? That, no way. I don't think he could stop it. <laughs> I, hate, I hated seeing that. I'm like, we, I saw it so many times this week. It's like, we get it. Yeah. We, he probably didn't even stay out there the whole time. But, hey, good luck to them next year. I thought one Diggs brother might do it, but maybe it'll be Trayvon next year because that's what we need. But thank but, you so much, Zach. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. We'll be back after another epic weekend of NFL football for the conference championships this weekend. Um, I'm Andrew King, Zach McVeigh. Thank you so much for listening to the So Close Yet So Far podcast.